When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, I'm so sorry that our conversation with Patrick Kindler got caught off uh, from One Heartland, but we are so excited because we will get the opportunity to get to know One Heartland and the wonderful job and work that they do to uh, to help kids from all different areas of life get to camp and have just a really special time together. So we'll be we'll be talking with him more and we'll be getting to know them more on the Colleen and Bradley show my talk 1071 Colleen Lindstrom Bradley trainer. Uh, and uh, but now but now but now we have something else to celebrate. Do you know that teachers are basically getting ready to go back to school right now? I mean they're like many of them are already at school. Oh yeah, I guess that's about time, right? Oh, it's super about time. Some schools are already in session, but the teachers are going back to school. And I just thought, you know what? We might be on right now in empty classrooms with teachers, keeping them company. Hi, teachers! Hi, teachers! Hey, and I wanted to celebrate teachers. Kids alone. And ask and ask uh, people who their favorite teacher was and why, Aww. and just honor the heck out of teachers. That's such a great idea. Because they are on the front end of what is going to be just another year full of tea. Ching. So 651-641-1071, an opportunity to honor your favorite teacher by giving us a call and just telling us who was your favorite teacher and why, what made them so great in your eyes. Do you want to know why we're asking? Other well, than what I've already teachers, told you. I was going to say, you told us teachers are back in school. Yes, teachers are back in school. But you you know how YouGov, there's that website YouGov and they just do like... They just do surveys. Yeah, polls. Uh, they did a poll, and uh, this statistic came out of a poll that they did. 53% of people say that they had a teacher growing up who changed their life for the better. Oh, sure. And so when you think about that, right, when you think about, and because I know I have, I've had teachers like that, and I know both of you have had teachers like that who took an interest in you or showed you something in yourself uh, or got you interested in something uh, that made your life better. These teachers are getting ready to open up another year, and they're there's undoubtedly a student in their class or many whose lives they are going to change. And I just thought that's kind of cool to think about. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I'm actually quite surprised. It's only 53% of people said that a teacher changed their life. I would have thought it would have been a lot way higher. higher right. Um, 60% of seniors say it's true. And 54% of people un- under the age of 30. Now, I would say the older you get, I do think the more you are, you really think about how much a, an influence a teacher had on your life. Yeah. Uh, who do we have on the line? We have Jeff on the line. Hi, Jeff. Jeff, uh, tell us about your favorite teacher and why they were your favorite teacher. Well, my favorite teacher was Mrs. Johnson. She was my kindergarten teacher. 
And she took me aside one day because I did not know how to tie my shoes. So she taught me the two rabbit ears, and then you Aww. cross them over. And oh, and you've used that every day since. Oh, I have. And I people have tried to teach me the one ear, and then you go around, and the rabbit goes through the hole. But I, I still do the two rabbit ears. I think you honor her by doing that, Jeff. Thank you. Awesome. I would say that did change your life, because imagine if you went through life and didn't know how to tie your shoes. Six five one six four one. Kind of awkward. It would be awkward. A lot of Velcro and like other things you need to tie. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Trash bags. Who was your favorite mm-hmm. teacher, and what did they teach you? What made them so special in your life? Uh, Bradley, do you have a favorite? Oh, teacher? I have so many teachers. I like all of my teachers were my favorite. Honestly, I can't. I'm trying to think of like a teacher I didn't learn something mm. from, honestly. Um, so I, you know, could take the the easy out and just say all of them. But specifically, I could call out like a, I had a wonderful third grade teacher uh, named Mrs. Harmon. And she was one of those teachers. She was just like the kind teacher, like everything. She was just like light and joy. Like every mm-hmm. day was, you know, like the woman never had I don't day. think I had a bad day in front of a classroom anyway. I'm sure she had lots of bad days in her life because that's just human. But she never brought that into the classroom, which, um, you know, for I know some people might say, well, that's not realistic. It's like, yeah, but there's enough crap in the rest of the world that when you're sitting mm-hmm. in a classroom, um, you know, for a teacher to sort of put some joy in in the lives of kids uh, when they may not be experiencing outside the classroom is just a really, really special thing. Yeah. Uh, who do we have on the line? We have uh, Sarah on the line. Hi, Sarah. Sarah, who was your favorite teacher and what was so special about them? My favorite teacher was Mr. Delwich. He was my high school chemistry and physics teacher, and he was a pastor. And I grew up in a really rural, small town, and he made it okay for those two very unique uh, ideals to coexist together. Oh, yes, absolutely. I love that. That is a, that's a super important example to have, uh, you know, somebody who is able to kind of hold science and religion all together for you. That's, that is a great thing. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, how unique, too, to have a pastor teacher science teacher uh who else do we have on the line we have carla on the phone hi carla carla who was your favorite teacher and what made them uh your favorite well it would be carrie burns from northland college she was my political science teacher i was there to study chemistry and i was going to save the world Mm. and then i got Actually, Carly got uh, cut off by I the know. internet. As I was screaming in the hall, he met me and said, Honey, you are not a chemist. You're a poli sci person. Go to law school. I love it. Oh, and you cha- you're changing the world that way. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for you're your welcome. call. That's Bye. awesome. Yeah, you know, when teachers see things in you you don't see in yourself, that's that's the mark of a uh, a special teacher. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that they're so many say, of them are so gifted and at. And they're willing to share it with you if it's positive. Right. Because exactly. they could see some things in you that you, But although that could be a lesson too, you know, if they're well, like, hey, you know. stop being a 
stop being a bad kid and start being a good kid. I always say about my kids' teachers, if they can learn how to, if they can help my kid harness the the things that many people might see as a negative aspect of their personality and turn it into something good and productive, uh, everybody is going to celebrate that. Mm -hmm. That is the gift of a a really good teacher. Uh, Well, teachers, we sure appreciate you, so thank you for the work that you're doing and what you're preparing to do right now as you get ready for school to start. Uh, When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show. Mm, some st- something strange is still happening with Wendy Williams, oh. and there's m- like another little detail okay. that has emerged, and I, it's confusing a little bit. But I want to throw it out there and see if you can help tie together some of the loose ends. Right. Uh, I'll tell you what that is after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Well, the Wendy Williams plot has thickened. And this is according to the U.S. Sun, so take it with a grain of salt. But this is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. So I want you to try to help me make sense of this because when I okay. when I read through it, it sort of requires you to have a, a pretty good mental timeline of how things have gone with Wendy's finances specifically so and then there will be names that you might recognize in here and i'm going to do my best to try to put things in order and in place but the u.s sun which you know again like i don't know where we are with them in terms of how credible they are but they are reporting that wendy williams son kevin jr the same one who was by her side when they were, uh, you know, t- when she was with family in Florida, etc. Prior to Wells Fargo freezing her accounts, mm-hmm. he had ran up over a hundred thousand dollars on her American Express card. Okay, and according to a source, after he spent that one thousand one hundred thousand dollars on Wendy's personal Amex. He was he was requesting that Wendy's advisor pay the bill and not Wendy. In other words, I think the reasoning behind that is he was trying to hide from Wendy that he had spent that money. Okay. Then shortly after that is when the fro- the accounts were frozen, but this article also tells a st- a strange story about a day in Florida when Kevin Jr. accompanied Wendy along with her former attorney, uh, LaShawn, what is LaShawn's last name? Uh, anyway, the, the LaShawn Thomas, who is, was then and currently is the attorney for Kevin Hunter Sr., so okay. her ex husband. Yeah. The story is Kevin Hunter Jr., Wendy Williams, and LaShawn Thomas went to a Wells Fargo branch to ask them about her funds, her okay. money. And the bank was like, yeah, we're, I mean, like, we don't handle those funds. Like, those are the big funds. Those go through a whole separate office. And Wendy was like, well, get get my person on the phone. And so they got her person, according to the story, they got her person, her financial advisor, okay. that same financial advisor that we've uh, talked about in the past, yeah. Lori. Uh, Hi, 
Lori Bargini. No, I'm no, just kidding. Lori it. Schiller. Lori Schiller, who's been her financial advisor for quite some time. Okay. And uh, they were asking for access to the accounts. Okay. And Lori Schiller said, I won't talk to you about this, Wendy, with anybody else in the room. And Wendy allegedly said... I understand if you don't want my son in the room, I can ask him to leave, but I want my lawyer to be here. And her financial advisor said, no, I want to talk to you and only you. And Wendy said, then we don't have a deal and then left. And that's when everything went completely south and she's been frozen out of her accounts. Okay. what What's the assumption about why she would not want to have... Uh, or that she would want to have her lawyer in the room. So they don't really outline this in the U.S. Sun article. Like, they just kind of state facts. My my read on that, because now LaShawn Thomas is no longer her lawyer, but LaShawn Thomas is her ex-husband's lawyer. Yeah. And at the time was both of their lawyers. So to me, what that says is her financial advisor wanted to give Wendy some sort of information that would not then be passed on to parties outside of Wendy. Yeah. And I can also see where the implication from this story is that the attorney that is connected to her ex would not be somebody that anybody would trust because clearly his motives might be questioned. Mm-hmm. I think that would might be the implication here. And then you could see where the attorney would say, um, yeah, I just want to talk to you because I don't want any undue influence um, or you to, you know, like this is your finances, blah, blah, blah. And then it also explains why Wells Fargo is like, hi, somebody needs to look at this because we're not convinced that that Wendy is in a position to make her own decisions. Right. So. That's very eye-opening. Right, and then to take a step back, because at least the way Wendy has seemed to tell it and the way we maybe interpreted it, um, Kevin Hunter Jr. was somebody who was helping her or trying to help her. But if indeed this story of him running up a huge tab on her Amex is true and then trying to go above her to her financial advisor to ask for it to be paid and not Wendy, that seems like then maybe there is some truth to the notion that other people were accessing her account without her say so, which then would lead to them freezing her account if that's true. Yeah. Well, the thing we just don't know. And again, like this is all coming from a tabloid, so it's hard to know what might be true or not, but I would assume that it's very plausible that her son had access to her. You know, like I could see her being like, yeah, you can use my card. Just don't go crazy. Well, like what's crazy mean? Like, uh, you know, right. Like, if and we don't know, like, did he make charges without her knowledge or did he make charges in her name or did he have permission to use the card? And there was just an understanding. Yeah. Like, you can see where things would get very, you know, gray. And then you can also see why the people who actually control money are like, OK, we we just need to find out what's actually going on here, because and I think this article uh, makes this even clearer, like it's not it's not. Uh, understood who's actually in charge and especially when it comes to wendy williams if she's in a place to make decisions that she's aware she's making right right? like because she can be as irresponsible with people do this all the time this is exactly the same thing we said about britney spears if you're being irresponsible with your money it doesn't mean you shouldn't have control of your money 
Because if that is the standard, then about, what, 90% of America Mm -hmm. needs to have their financial control taken away. Yeah. Because we're all irresponsible on some level. Mm -hmm. Or I should say we all do things that other people might find irresponsible. Right. So it, it just becomes a question of, is she just being irresponsible or is she actually being taken advantage of? Right. Right. And she is currently still under a financial guardianship um, that was put into place after they froze her accounts. Um, they do have a court appointed financial guardian and that guardian works on behalf of Wendy, but in partnership with Wendy uh, when, you know, in matters of her finances Um there eventually the court could take that away and give Wendy back full control over her accounts. But that is up to the court and not up to Wendy or to uh, Wendy's lawyer or Wendy's manager or Wendy's son or Wendy's ex-husband. That's up to the court at the end of the day, Yeah, whether or not they're going to take away that protection. But yeah, I, it's just seems like, there's more to the story than we already knew. Oh, for sure. And s- there are people who have an interest in oh, getting I mean, their hands on her you, money. I was going to say, whenever you have somebody with a lot of money and who might not be in the best uh, choicing skills area, mm-hmm. there's going to be people trying to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-backs. after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And uh, we have a name for them. We call them D-Bang. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. My D-bag is Julia Fox, and I really wanted to play you some audio, but I can't because there's a swear in it, of course. I mean... But, and then I tried to do, to record it, and then the computers around here, I can't, don't even, it just, I couldn't make it work, so you don't care about that. I couldn't Tim gun it. Uh, and I didn't want to bother Rocco because he's very busy, and we've got the safe, you know, so mm-hmm. just go with me. I'm with you. I'm going to talk you through it. And it's Julia Fox... She's trying to be like a not like what was actually the tabloids tried to make her a knockoff Kim Kardashian, right? Mm -hmm. By saying that when she was dating Kanye West, like she was like a like a counterfeit version of Kim, which I I didn't really understand at the time because I'm like, well, other than long hair and like sexy outfits, I'm not quite sure where the comparison starts, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like she had lady parts. And so I mean, in that sense, you're all Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Congratulations! Lucky you. But they're now comparing the two again because you remember how Kim got dragged for her like, everybody just needs to work harder. Oh, yeah. Like, you guys are so lazy. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, that's not who I was talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody had opinions. Well, we're going to do that again with Julia Fox because she has an interesting theory about childhood. And I don't think you're going to agree. Now, she does this thing, and you guys, I want, okay, so I don't want to do the work for you, because otherwise, what's the fun? It's just me talking into the wind, and that's, I do that on my own. So, um, I'm just going to tell you what she said in her TikTok, and I want to see where you go, because I bet we're all going to go to a similar neighborhood, and it's probably like kind of a, like it's been built recently, and it's probably a little too, you know, tacky, and, but anyway, okay. In a new TikTok, Julia 
Ms. Fox, she's the muse of Kanye West, former muse, explained the childhood was only invented in the 18th century. And, you know, before that, <laughs> kids were regarded. Okay. Kids were just regarded as little adults. That's why in like a lot of old paintings, the children don't look the same way that we show them today, Okay, you know, with like angelic features and all that stuff. Now, you think I'm being really for the listener out there. They're like, God, you're being so like juvenile talking like that. No, that's how she talks. That's why in a lot of old paintings, the children. Oh, I said that they don't go. They didn't do that back then. Childhood. And so then she goes on to say. I think the idea of childhood was invented as a way to just get parents to spend a lot of money on bleep, which is why I can't play this audio, that kids don't need. It's not really teaching your kid anything, and you just end up raising a kid that's, like, helpless, and they don't know what to do. I Oh, my gosh. Just wait. Just wait. There's There's more. more? I suggest everyone buy their kid a little mini mop, a mini broom. And start teaching them those life skills really young so that when they enter the real world, they don't have to outsource for everything. Okay. And they know how to do things for themselves. I have anyone, anyone. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. Well, pick one. Well, the first, well, I'm not going to go low. I am going to say this. I bet that there's a lot of people who have spent time, energy, money, and their entire careers um, teaching and learning about child psychology that will be surprised to hear Julia Fox educating us on the fact that childhood was only recently, quote, invented. That's number one. Number two, this sounds remarkably like Scientology. Number three, I would like to know the last time she pushed a mop at her own home. My guess is she probably has people for that. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm a little scattered right now. That's a lot. No, that you, that's Your a lot. Thoughts? Thank you. I'm, I'm glad because you, you went in areas that I didn't necessarily focus on. And I love the whole like connection to Scientology because, yeah, that's Scientology is like kids are just little adults. My instant reaction and Holly, do you, before I go, I, I did offer you the floor. So is there a reaction you had to Ms. Fox? Okay. <laughs> Great. I like that. Mm-hmm. Where my brain first went was like, oh, Julia, this is so Julia Fox. This is like, I see her. Do you know why? Because she's the person that we all know in our lives. And maybe we've all been this person at this age. And I don't, I hate always making things an age thing. Cause as somebody pointed out to me just the other day, like there are, I, there are, there are people with interesting takes on life at, all ages. There are just so right? many ages. Like it's not per se an age thing. I relate it to age because I think of Julia Fox's behavior and words in this regard as something that I would have said back in my 20s or what is she? I don't even know what she is. Mm. Early 30s maybe. She's one of those people who doesn't have an age. Her age goes back to the 18th century. Well, her age wasn't invented. Age, we didn't understand. It's only recently been invented. What she is and this is uh, girl, I see you. She read something or listened to a podcast where they talked about the modern uh, 
the modern concept of childhood because that's that's truly a thing. She's not wrong. The the, the modern notion, the sort of in post industrial, like the industrial revolution, changed the way we looked at childhood. So if you want to get real specific, I'm not saying she was deep in thought about the industrial revolution when she made this TikTok. But like you, you can just see her hearing somebody who knows a thing or two mm-hmm. about something tell her, "Did you know that like our modern understanding of childhood or the way we treat children today is a very, you know, that's a new, that's a new thing, right? Like, and it has to do with capitalism and how you know, blah 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 blah. Same with like you've heard people talk about how te- being a teenager was very much like a sort of, it's a thing." She learned something and then she like took it mm-hmm. and ran with it. And that's the piece that I'm like, girl, I see you. You you're trying to outsmart us all. You're trying to get us to think that you're like a guru about things and that you see deeply about like because ch- childhood is a modern invention, we need to give them brooms. And it's like that's not new. Like none of this is revolutionary. And really all I think you're saying at the end of the day is just like teach your kid valuable lessons. Mm-hmm. This is what what, and also like getting your like you have to do that by buying your kids a mini mop. I don't what. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit like I will say I know when you said you don't like to attribute it to age, but there is sort of like a maybe part of her brain isn't fully online in her logic center because you're right. She kind of took a weird leap to what, what work is or how you create or how you teach your children certain values, et cetera. She just took this like weird leap that I'm sure like many high school teachers hear that and they go, yeah, that sounds about like how, a lot of times younger people process information, right? They just go this, therefore that. And yeah, it's, she's well, because again, like to your point about the leap, um, what she pointed out, it has a, a thread of truth to it. Again, like the the whole modern invention of what it means to be a child. Also, that's kind of been a really good thing for, for little adults, as she would call them. Mm-hmm. Because that means, I mean, the reason they were treated that way or the, the, the consequence of them being treated that way was them like working in mines and mills and farms yes. at like the age of five. So like, it's a good thing we created that notion because it allowed us the opportunity to treat them as if they're not fully formed adults and oh by the way the science continues to report back and say actually yes these little humans are not quite fully humans Mm -hmm. yet because they haven't achieved all of the synapses Mm -hmm. that are being connected but to your point about making leaps she takes like the fact that this one historical thing might be true and then says like kids are lazy yeah because that's ultimately what she's saying, which is right back to Kim Kardashian. So, again, it's like nothing new, uh, nothing particularly sophisticated here and nothing particularly smart. Well, I mean, I don't know. I would. I'm this, not going to start is where dealing out smart because if I were Dr. <laughs> Phil, my words are not so smart. If I were Dr. Phil, I would be like, beep, boop, 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 beep, although he is not the right person to do this interview. But I would like want to sit Julia Fox down and be like, okay, tell us about your parenting techniques, which, by the way, 
we heard about yesterday in our blind items segment where it sounded like parenting was not her main interest. (laughs) So, so I also listen, I also had to listen to it through that lens a little bit too, where it's like, yeah, if it is inconvenient for you to parent a small person, you might have some general ideas about wanting them to be more mature than they are. And you might want to try to back those up with some weird factoid that, like you said, Bradley, you heard on a podcast because I think maybe a child might be inconvenient to a person like her. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. which I mean is like, that's unfortunate to say the least. <sighs> Here's your bag. You know, we don't have time. So when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to do a little, here's what we're watching live because I watched that Richard Simmons documentary. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm putting that in loose quotes. Uh, the TMZ investigates after this on my talk. One Oh seven one. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk. One Oh seven one Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Okay, you guys, so uh, remember we heard about that TMZ investigates special about Richard Simmons. Oh, Basically, yeah. like, what Suzanne happened? Suzanne Summer's special opinions about Richard Simmons. Which is really funny. They really led with her opinions, and she only had a few. Was she, like, um, the high? I, I assume that's because, was she, like, the highest profile celebrity to be a part of that? I mean, yeah, probably, because she's probably a notch above Bruce Valanche. Oh, God, um, what's that oh, leading Bruce up to? Valanche. I know, right? Uh, hey, let's do a little Here's What We're Watching Live. You, you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Don't you, don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's, here's What We're Watching Live. Okay, so this was on, like, Fox, and I watched it on Hulu last night. It's called What Really Happened to Richard Simmons. It is a 45-minute TMZ Investigates documentary. Mm. So they went all in. For 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's about as in as Now, I, just, I feel like I don't want to give away the ending right off the bat. Did they talk to Richard? Of course not. Oh, okay. But I do, I will say this. I don't really, this was what you would expect from TMZ. Maybe yeah. I'll just say it that can way. I, can I just say that makes me happy because I, um, after, excuse me, I get emotional. After, whenever Richard we talk Simmons, about Richard Simmons. Uh, after we watched the season finale of Only Murders in the Building, no spoilers, um, I this came up as like the recommended next thing to watch, and I was like, uh, I, uh, I just feel like it's gonna be kind of salaciousy with very little depth. Um, it's mm, so okay. I want to hold what you just said while I say this, and in in answer to it, okay. We listened to a podcast. Yeah. Called, I think it basically was called What Happened to Richard Simmons. And it outlined the story of how Richard Simmons essentially on February 15th of 2014, poof, vanished. Never showed back up again at his Slimmons classes in uh, L.A. Never, Nobody saw him after that. He did not make any more public appearances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Missing Richard Simmons. Missing Richard Simmons. Thank you. That's what it was called. And we went through that entire journey where they laid out all of the rumors, all of the um, thoughts that people had about what might have happened to Richard Simmons and why we just hadn't seen Richard Simmons. 
The TMZ investigates what really happened to Richard Simmons special. Basically did exactly that. With a little Harvey Levin sprinkled in. But from the jump, they said, we have exclusive details on what really happened to Richard Simmons. But did they just keep telling you that before they went to commercial and then they'd come back and not give you any of those? You get to like the last segment. I'm going to just, I'm going to spoil it for everybody. Because I want to save you time. Turn your radio down if you don't want spoilers. It is not worth watching. Because. I didn't think it was going to be. In the very beginning, there's like a thing about like how he was born with not all the the bones in his feet and as a result of that he had some problems with some joints okay and then they say this now remember that because that's going to come up later and then you go through the whole thing about like did he uh is he um his bones yeah uh, apparently but they like skimmed over that so i missed that part but then they get they they go through like does his uh his housekeeper Teresa have him captive is he like held in a tower in the house which we thought was possible back in missing Richard Simmons days yep there was also a rumor that he had um well I'm just gonna say it that he had undergone a sex reassignment yeah um. Bruce Valanche apparently called him and was like, tell me the truth. Did this happen? And he, and then he says, and Richard said no. And that's the last I talked to him. So again, it's like they pepper it with like a couple like celebrity-ish people who give you some context to how Richard was in that moment. Dr. Phil is featured in it. Um, oh, God. What, I does, know. what the heck Dr. does Dr. Well, Phil have to say? because he's a psychologist. Okay. But does he pretend to actually know anything about Richard Simmons? Not about Richard Simmons, but he talks about... So I'm going to just really quickly fast forward, tell you the end, and then we can go back. The end is essentially um, he had had to have a certain surgery on one of his knees and he had that surgery um, but he was then told by a doctor you need to have surgery on your other knee or else you're like and even so you're probably never going to be able to be who you are meaning like you're never going to be able to jump around like you do and sweat into the oldies and like you're never going to be able to do all the things that you needed to do which is hard for a person like Richard Simmons and so what they say is Richard didn't want to go out on a down on a down note. Sure. And so he disappeared kind of like Greta Garbo. Yeah. Like just was like, I'm done now with the industry. I'm going to live my life and he's going to live peacefully and anonymously. That is the big that is the big reveal that they had at the end of this. Okay. I mean, knee, knee surgery and but like they don't purport to, to know any of this firsthand. No, um, they do say that uh, he has been able to, f- and they use they lean on interviews like that one time he called into the Today Show. Do you remember that because mm-hmm. of the because of the podcast because of the podcast? And he's like, I'm fine. I just don't want to be. I just am he was fine. He, I just don't want to be out. You know, it's very interesting because I draw parallels between Richard Simmons and you're talking about TMZ's documentary that they just released this week about whatever happened to him and apparently we still don't know but um i draw a parallel between him and britney spears because remember Mm -hmm. we were all like we love you richard we love you richard and richard's like what is why are all these people like scaling my walls like i'm fine leave me alone Mm -hmm. and like that's very much how britney responded to all the documentary coverage that seemed to get thrown at her 
Um, and and you do have to just create space for a world wherein these people who maybe wanted all the attention before don't now. So I have this sweatshirt that says I'm not for everybody. And I love that sweatshirt because it's it, to me, it has like a double meaning. It's like I'm not for everybody. Like not everybody's going to like I'm not everybody's brand. But there's also a subtext to it as far as I'm concerned. That's like I'm not for everybody. Like I'm not here simply for your pleasure and enjoyment. And and I thought about Richard Simmons when I thought about that sweatshirt when I was watching this because Richard Simmons did, and this is why Dr. Phil was part of this. Richard Simmons did make part of his public personality was truly being accessible to everybody. People would write him letters. He would write them back. They would call him. He would have lengthy conversations. He felt like it was his calling in life to help people with their own weight struggles. Mm -hmm. And if they gained weight, he felt like that was his fault, that that was a failure on his part. And he was like that 24-7. But his real persona was sort of more reclusive. And Dr. Phil succinctly put it that 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 kind of lifestyle would drain anybody. And so it's not so far from our like it's not so f- far from our imaginations that he would decide at some point to pull back on that like that's just not who I want to be anymore um it is the abruptness with which he did that and that we feel like the public feels like they want an explanation that fits for us yeah which again all of what you're saying was revealed in this missing richard simmons totally. podcast from 2017 so again i would just point out like great dr phil for pointing out the obvious that we've already all arrived to and that means you know that which sounds about right for dr phil right um but like but again you're not telling me anything we didn't know or well, couldn't have deduced based on all of the like far more in-depth, far more actually investigated right. story well, yeah. that Dan Taberski did. The, and that was kind of the part that I found amusing about this is to call it TMZ investigates kind of indicates that perhaps some investigation took place. And I don't really think any investigation took place. Is, I think which, yeah. they talked to some people and assembled some stuff. Yeah, it's it's very much, uh, what's that Hollywood story? The Hollywood story, a true Hollywood story, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, Where those were great. Yeah, were. I mean, those were great because we didn't have people doing actual investigations yeah. like they do now for podcasts, etc. Um, but even those shows had more than... TMZ yeah, they had producers, researchers, you just interviews. Smell this like boardroom, yeah, oh, show creation. Oh yeah, hey, we I got was, this brand. I was going to use a whole deep. different word because he, yeah. Anyway, they were really into their own right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, congratulations to them. Supply. Exactly. Perfect. You're not going to get what you want from this. So just, I told you everything you need Thank to you. know. Thank Have a you lovely, for doing the work for Yeah, us. save that 45 minutes. Do something, use it wisely. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what rerun TV show do you want the kids these days to watch? 651-641-1071.